Welcome to episode 14 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Matt Deitch, joined by always by Scott Sturman. Uh, big night tonight, episode 14. We got the 13 rod giveaway here. Nice little prize package, the cold snap toothpick. Are you excited about it? Um, I can hardly contain my excitement. I could hardly work today. Yeah. I, People were like, oh, he's in a good mood. What's he in a good mood for? And I, I didn't I didn't work today. I hardly slept last I was there, week. but I I've didn't been work. hardly sleeping the last few weeks because of the giveaway. I just I couldn't wait. Because we've had some awesome pictures posted on our Facebook page. We did have a lot of a lot of great pictures. Thanks to everyone who did enter. Uh really cool pictures. A lot of people taking their kids, kids out. I noticed uh, that too. That was that was awesome. Some of my favorites. Yeah, it, it, it's always a good picture, and a lot of them weren't just of them out there fishing or holding the fish. It was them just sitting on the dock or just being out. A lot of good sunset pictures yep. that should be on a wall. There, a lot yeah. of cool pictures. Yeah, so thanks everybody who did that. Uh, like the page now. Uh, continue to follow us on there and all of our other places too. Make sure you're always make sure you're checking out our website too. I think that a lot of people forget that. You created that website for us, and you got some great articles on there. Yep, a couple articles, uh, a lot of pictures that aren't on the Facebook page, that yep. aren't on the uh, Instagram page. So, yeah, go check that out, too. Yeah, if you can't get enough of us here, definitely go there and check us out because, yeah, you get to see these good-looking mugs on there, too. We should charge. We really should, you know. <laughs> but we're not going to because nope. we're not that type of no. – Free. No. Yep. So, yeah, what do you what do you got? Oh, should we start off with questions? Yeah, let's run. Let's go into questions. We asked yesterday on our Facebook page. We asked if anybody had any questions for us this week for the show. Um, should we start with Lance's right away? Yep, I got Lance's. I would like to know when open water fishing will start, please and thank you. It's not going to be for a while, Lance. Thank God. <laughs> I know you and I both know that we'd like it to get here a little earlier than what it's going to be, but I guess we all just got to be patient. Yeah, we're all in it together here. I'm I'm all right. I, you know, I was thinking about it. We ice fished in December, January, February, March. We get April. That's that's five months, and and I don't yeah. think it's. I, don't I guess think it's, it's crazy. An, it's an equal compromise, I suppose. There's years where ice out is already in the middle of March, so we'll give it to you this year. You know when the last time we went ice fishing last year was? It was later in March, wasn't it? March twenty. March 20th. March 20th. So it was around, and we could have probably went a couple more times after that yep, last year. Yep. I think I ended up going on a vacation somewhere in there down to Florida. Yeah, that's right. You and, headed down there. But yeah, I went back in my pictures yesterday just because I kind of wanted to see, and uh, I don't think it'd be crazy. The snow is going to be a problem when yep. that finally melts, but uh, I don't think it's crazy if we ice, ice fish at the very, very beginning of April yet. Yeah, I get, I mean... I'm, I'm st I can still do some ice fishing for a while. I just wish that it would warm up a little bit and quit being negative degree, negative wind chill out there all the time. And, and quit snowing. Yeah, we've got plenty of snow, and we're supposed to get more this weekend. Yep. And possibly the next weekend. Yep. So, I mean, it makes it really hard to pull the shacks around out there on the ice with yep. those conditions. No doubt. No doubt. I'm, I'm sick of the snow. I'm sick of the really cold weather, but uh, I... I'm, I'm, don't good get, with, I'm good with staying ice don't fishing. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy ice, ice fishing, too. Uh, next one we've got, we've got Jordan Rhodes, and he would like to know about barometric pressure and how it affects fishing. Now, this is kind of a loaded question because we could we were talking about this 
we could do a whole podcast on barometric pressure and how it affects fishing. To me, I don't know. We're kind of we're those type of guys that I don't I don't look at the barometric pressure. I've I've never ever sat and looked at the barometric pressure and and it's probably had more of an effect on our fishing some days than what we realize. Yep. But we're the type of guys that when we have the time to go fishing, we're going fishing. Right. Right. Unless it's like blowing ungodly amounts, you know, 40 mile an hour winds where it's hard to fish somewhere on the lake or anywhere on the lake. And, or, you know, it's a storm with lightning and heavy downpour rain, even though we tried fishing in a downpour rain last year and it didn't work out too well. So. I forgot about that. Me, you and Brant <laughs> out in South Dakota. Oh, yeah. that was a mess. <laughs> nope. No, from what I understand, uh, with the barometric pressure is that the fish with their swim bladders, when it's high pressure, their swim bladder has to inflate more, uh, I think that inflate or it gets bigger in order to keep them buoyant in the water, which presses on their stomach and therefore makes them feel bloated, makes them feel full. When the pressure starts dropping, they start feeling hungry and then they start biting more, you know, if, if a really rapid, uh, drop in pressure, you know, can kind of cause, you know, a lot of fish to really go crazy. And I know, uh, I read, I think if the wind is out of the, I'm not even going to go there. I've always, the old, the old tale of fish bite best with wind out of the West, fish bite the least with wind out of the East. Yep. And, and so, and, and I think, I think that actually holds true with the pressure systems. Yeah, because that, most of your storms and stuff like that or yep. your cold fronts. You you hear everyone always say, you know, oh, the fish bite best right before the storm. Yeah. Pressure's dropping, dropping right before the storm. And right after the storm passes, you still got high pressure. They won't really bite very well right after. Also, you got, you know, runoff with dirty water and everything else. Yeah. But, uh well, yeah, I, th- along, I think it all does hold true. Along with that, like with your, with the rising pressure, as the pressure rises, the fish are active. When you get to that peak rise where it's the h- highest pressure that it's going to be, that's when usually your sun is really high up in the sky, a real bright day. So what that causes the fish to do is to go down deeper. So they move out there in deeper water. After that, when it starts dropping, like you said, that drop in the pressure, the the fishing picks up again. And then when you get to the lowest part of the pressure, that bite shuts off again and they become real inactive. And again, they go out to deeper water. And so that's a way to look at it. So you definitely, or it's not necessarily, ooh, avoid high pressure, ooh, avoid low pressure. You just want the pressure to be changing. Yeah, and and... Well, sometimes a study pressure, you want to study pressure too. I mean, you want a bunch of continuous days of, you know, the same type of weather. So then the bite kind of levels off and yep. stays the same. That's when, again, all of a sudden we've had like three or four days in a row where it's, it's nice out. Then all of a sudden we get a cold front that moves in and boom, that drip pressure drops, the bottom drops out on it. And what that causes is the weather gets colder, which causes the water to get colder. And in the spring, when you have that drop in the water the fish get inactive yep whereas when it, you get that warm-up they get more active when it warms up and vice versa when you get to the fall 
all of a sudden you got really warm water and a cold front comes blowing it comes moving in and a lot of times people think oh here comes a cold front the fish aren't going to bite well in the fall that warm warm water where they're inactive again here that cools down boom they get active and start feeding because they're like oh winter's coming we need to put on the feed bags we need to eat because you know some of your bigger predator fish don't eat a lot during the winter time right so that's kind of you know yeah don't don't stay home over it well you know, like but. i said we're the type of people that when we have a fishing trip planned unless it's really bad weather we're going i mean we've been out there and sometimes the fish are going to bite yeah, right. The you got to slow down presentation, you gotta downsize. Downsize, slow down on some of the, like when the pressures, when the fish are tight-lipped. Um, sometimes it might be, well, we'll say if the walleyes aren't biting so well, sometimes you might have to go to like a real slow presentation, maybe like a live bait, like a leech or something like that, slow it down. Then when they're active, that's when you can start throwing crankbaits and, you know, swim baits and things like that. So then they're feeding more and also i read something about how that all happens is it's not just that the fish are just like oh i'm hungry now i'm gonna go eat it's all it's all about the food chain the plankton in the water starts to get active on those when the pressure is different which causes the bait fish the minnows and things like that to start feeding on the plankton well when they're more active well here comes the predator the bigger fish you know it's just that whole food chain thing Every, so. everything in the water all all starts speeding up and yeah. s- slows down yeah Maybe we should ask bill allen about that he probably knows about bill bill you might fish. end up being a guest on here yeah, yet. you don't even have, know it yeah we might have to have him come in here and he probably knows quite a bit about barometric pressure as far as that stuff goes well it sounds like you know a little bit well i know enough Profession, to make my professional podcaster amateur fisherman and weatherman yeah <laughs> I'm not even go amateur status on the weatherman oh, thing. On. <laughs> I no. guess I can be fifty. Per, I can be right fifty percent of the time, right? Yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> you know, this whole snow deal lately. I just don't understand why a meteorologist doesn't say got a fifty percent chance of snow. Yeah, it's either going to somewhere snow or between not. one and twelve. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the chances of the roads drifting up are probably pretty, pretty good. good. Yep. No, so, so that was a good question. Thanks, yeah, Jordan. Yeah, that was a good – I like that one. Next up, Doug Glimmerveen asks, talk about how to catch yellow bass through the ice. The Doug Glimmerveen from the, the SmackDown, Smackdown Outdoor, Outdoor podcast. podcast. Thanks, Doug, for the question. Uh, Matt, you want to you wanna take uh, how you've had success uh, yellow bassing? Uh, I think one of the biggest things with the yellow bass is that you got to stay mobile. Yep, definitely. There, that's The schools really move, and – some schools have big fish. Some schools have little, you know, different size. So you're constantly on the move to try to keep up with those larger fish in those schools of yellow bass. And from what I've seen, as far as yellow bass goes, you got to keep your lure moving. Yep. I mean, as soon as you stop that lure, they're, boom, gone. they're gone. Yep. Yeah, yellow bass are a really aggressive fish. I've had quite a bit of experience fishing for yep. them over on East Okoboji and. Through the ice, I like to use a small tungsten jig, or uh, we call them a pilkey or a shucks jigger, or you know, kind of a I don't know what what else. I know that depending on where you are, there's all different names. Kind of a cast master. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cast master is more of a jigging spoon. 
Yeah. A smaller cast. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a cast master would work just fine. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, something like that. I like to always tip it with wax worms. I know guys Load, use. I load it up. Yep. It seems like the more you, you can't put enough on there for them, it seems like. Yep. And, yeah, like you said, uh, jig hard. You can be more aggressive than what you'd think. And mm-hmm. once you start marking, the big thing is, too, when those schools come through, you know, get one up take it off and drop right back down yep. again if it and you know you you can pull two three four out of a school oh easy i mean you get them going fast and yeah i why don't you come on down doug we'll, sh- we'll show you how to do it yeah we've talked we've talked a little bit about getting something going open water this year so yep. no that'd be a lot of fun some, yeah so next one up camden glade He would like to hear our opinions on the bills introduced in the Iowa legislature last week relating to public land acquisition. Yeah, we're both we're both big public land guys. Definitely, we both do a lot of things. Not just hunt on public land. We do. I mean, we go out shed hunting on public land. We turkey hunt. Uh, You know, obviously we deer hunt on there. But I mean, we use recreation you know just going out for walks and stuff fishing we fish on them like the river runs through some public land here and that uh that bill Bill. that was in the house was not just for public land as in public hunting land it was for parks Parks, it was for all sorts of stuff and you know I'll, i'll say this right up front when me and matt started this podcast we said that we wouldn't ever get into politics and we weren't going to get into religion or any sort of stuff that people can very easily disagree on. Um, but I do think that this is a deal. Uh, we'll we'll kind of touch on it. I'm not going to tell you Democrat, Republican, whatever. But I think both of us can agree that any time that there's any sort of attack on public lands, it neither of us are going to be in favor of no, that. No, uh, I did see that the House bill... 541 or whatever it was um i think basically got shot down yesterday yeah, yeah there was and there's a huge contingency of people in there opposing it like people from you know residents of iowa yep which was good to see they said there was a lot of good representation down there basically what it from what i understand of the bill is they're trying to make it harder for like these organizations to purchase land Yep. From landowners. Yep. And and then I think one of their big arguments is one of the like the people that want this bill to go through is as far as towards the DNR is they get a lot of money for public land stuff instead of keep buying or purchasing land for public lands, why don't they put that money into the current public lands they have now? And yeah, could they do more? Could they put money into their public lands that they have now? Yeah, they could. But to to me personally, more public land is better. Definitely, definitely. And I and I guess I don't know what that money would go for if that's food plots. Because uh, it's I mean ours up here they seem to rotate the food plots pretty good. Right. I, I don't. I mean I haven't been to a lot in other parts of the states to see how they're keeping up. But a lot of that public land is wooded. Right. Yeah. Land. There's not a whole lot of upkeep like, on it. I don't think, you know, let it go natural, uh, you know, keep and, some weeds down every once in a while. And just reading up on it a little bit too. I don't know. It's just, 
I think it's kind of uh, the Farm Bureau is kind of in on it, and yeah, we we won't get into that too much. Well, well it's yeah, no. first of all, because we don't know like right. a lot about the bill, and again, we don't like to get into politics. We're public land guys. We're always going to be in favor of more public lands because, uh, yeah, it. I don't know. They don't want tax breaks for the farmers who sell or donate or donate their land to these programs and i don't know without public lands we don't have a lot i mean i'd say 75 percent of the hunting i do if not more than 75 percent definitely is on public land yep and and i also read a deal that iowa is ranked i believe it was number 46 on total amount of public land per you know per size of, of yeah. the state, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking, I feel like we've got, you know, a pretty good amount of public land here in Lyon County. But, uh, you know, obviously once you get outside of Lyon County, it, it's probably not as good. I know that there's some big chunks down in central and southern Iowa, whatever. But yeah, if, if we're number 46 and they're trying to pass a bill like this, that it's not good no. for anything. And then I think a lot of states there's been attacks on public lands the last few years. I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Our, the big push for us right now is getting more people involved with the outdoors, and the less opportunity there is for people to get in, like public lands, for people to get into the outdoors, is less people are gonna do it, which is sad. To me. Right. Not everyone can afford to buy eighty acres of recreational oh, no. property and or or lease it or I mean any of that. It's yep. just, and it's not know. just hunting. I mean, I know personally, there's some ponds right here in Lyon County on oh, yeah. public land. You know, the Rock River runs through Boone's. You know, you well, can fish all that. Like you said too about like people like these counties wanting to put bike trails in. Yep. You know, you want to put a bike trail in. Well, now that's gonna be yep. caused by this because yep. all that land a lot of times gets donated because that farmer get then gets a tax break or something along those lines and they're able to put in these recreational trails and you know these parks and it, so it, i don't know i'm glad that it got shot down yeah the one in the senate is still going it's still going still and that's going. kind of a little different one from yep. what i was reading yep. i and yeah neither of us are experts on this so we'll just we'll just leave it at the point that any attack on public lands isn't something that we're probably in favor of yeah and if you got if you guys know more about it than what we do go down to the bottom on our YouTube video in the comments and just, you know, inform us a little bit more. We're, we want to be educated on it. We like to learn about these things. We don't want to give anybody any false information or anything like that. So yeah, definitely go down there, come to our Facebook page, comment on there, let us know. Yep. And, uh, I think this is our last question, but this is out of Greg Stubbe. He would like to hear our thoughts on Iowa implementing a state park permit. We, he says that we had one before, but they were not able to figure out how to make it work with uh, people manning, you know, park permit stands and, and whatever else. And, and I've actually talked to Greg's son, Luke, about this here. Uh, when we first started the podcast, he wanted us to kind of touch on this. And what they, re what they are wanting is some sort of uh, park permit state park pass where you know you get a stick or whatever ten dollars twenty dollars whatever 
for a year's worth, uh, for upkeep of the state parks, for, you know, making sure that the boat ramps are in good, you know, good condition, bathrooms, fish cleaning stations, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't personally know how I feel about it. I, I, I definitely understand the argument. I, I like the thought of, you know, good bathrooms, good fish cleaning stations, whatever. And I think what they said is, you know, I think part of our fishing licenses go towards, uh, upkeep on that type yeah. of stuff. And I think what their concern is, is that these pleasure boaters get to come in, use all the facilities, whatever paid for by the fishermen. And if I'm not, if I'm not right on that, Luke or Greg, uh, drop down in the comments on the Facebook page and share any information that you have, start a discussion, whatever we, I, I know Luke and I talked about it a while back, but yeah, I, I don't know all the information of what they're trying to propose. So, and I mean, I think that it would be good to charge like that to to use the state park like their ramps for that upkeep. Uh, everybody should have to pay for it. I mean, it shouldn't just be the people putting their boats in. If you're going to do anything at the state park, right? Whether it be camping, whether it be just going there for the day and doing some hiking on the trails. There's all upkeep in that. There's employees at those state parks that need to get paid. And I've never really thought about it much. I mean, there's sometimes on Spirit Lake where I put on a Minnewaukan State Park up on the north side. And I've always wondered, the first time I ever went in there, I was kind of looking like, well, where do I got to, it's like, do I want to pay, where do I got to pay to use this? And there is no station there to pay compared to like when I went out to South Dakota before, I went to South, I went to like Lake Elvin or up to Lake Thompson, and to use the state park ramp, you have to get a state park sticker. Now, it used to, I don't know what it is now, but it was $5 like for the day and like 20 or $25 for the season. You know, on in the grand scheme of things, if it's, you know, paying for the uptake, upkeep of all those facilities, having nice facilities like that, fish cleaning stations are awesome. That's one thing South Dakota does, has right. You know, they well, they have a lot of things right, but that's one thing that I love about South Dakota is the fact that a lot of those places have fish cleaning stations. Uh, Iowa, I think that Marble Beach had one. I think there might be one. There might be a couple of different couple spots over at the lakes now. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. West is side there, of o- West Okaboji. Does uh, Emerson have one? Emerson Bay, I think, has one. Yeah. Well, those those are it's nice to have those things. But whereas, you know, South Dakota, you have to pay to use like the state park facilities and yeah, there, I don't, to me, I don't think there's really anything wrong with buying a permit for that stuff. If, if I know my money is going to upkeep that state park, I don't have a problem paying no, it. Definitely just, not. It's just but like when you go buy a license. Hopefully it doesn't get thrown in some fund somewhere yeah. else where, you know. Yeah, you, you, and you hope that's not what happens. I know our DNR is underfunded yep i really feel it is talking to some of the conservation officers and just i I think sometimes it seems like yeah i I do think you know if if the concern is somebody manning the pay station i don't truly think that you have to have anyone man the pay station i'm thinking in my head uh me and a buddy of mine 
Dan Teaslink went up to Blue Mountain State Park mm-hmm. up in Minnesota and went hiking last year, and they had a, a park fee, whatever. And there in the parking lot, you pulled an envelope out, you put your money in the envelope, you dropped it in a drop box, and then you pulled a little tab off the off oh, the okay. uh, off the envelope, and you could stick it up on the dash of your car. If you paid for the yearly deal, then I think they eventually sent you a sticker that you could put in the window if you just did the day deal you know seven dollars for the day twenty dollars for the year whatever it was um then you know i think that they would send one to you or you just have the day pass up in your window i don't think that you need to have workers there all the time like i said i think most people are going to be all right with giving their money to the state park knowing that the money is staying there at the state park if you want to have, you know, th- they do have employees at most of these state parks. Yeah. Anyhow, you know, just randomly, you know, once a day, you know, every couple days, just go strolling through there, see if they have it and, and make sure the ticket is, is harsh for the people that do take advantage of it. Oh, and, yeah. you know, if it's $20 for a year or a $150 ticket, there's not too many people that are going to gamble on the $150 no. ticket. I don't think, but no, I'd agree with you there. Well, we kind of ran up in a situation like that up on Lake Ponset last year. Yep. One day we you went you guys were there the day before fishing, and we no one was, was at the pay station, so we just drove right in, thinking, okay, you know, for the year it was, you know, done, didn't have to pay in the winter, whatever. And then the next day, the lady caught us, and we paid, and that wasn't a problem. I was happy to yeah, use yeah. that state access, whatever. But uh, yeah, I. And I, like here, just our conservation board at Lake Pahoya is that way you can get a $5 day pass or a $20 yearly pass. And that runs from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Yep. If I, if I, if I'm right on that during the winter, you don't have to pay to go down there and ice fish Yep. or use the trails. Yeah. As much as, you know, with it being, you know, a state park, public land, whatever, I love the thought of it being free. But I also yeah. love the thought of having nice facilities there. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to pay for a license. You got to pay for all this stuff. So, got to pay to play. In the grand scheme of things. Yeah. What? Yeah. What's twenty dollars? And it might, to that point, it might keep away some of those people that are like, "Well, we got to pay there." Well, if if they're afraid, if they don't want to pay to use a nice facility like that, what were they going to use it for? Right. I mean, were they just going to go out there and fool around and leave their beer cans? And, I mean, and it might turn, you know, look at Gitchy Manitou. Uh, you know, yep. It's a prime example. I mean, you're always seeing in the police reports people getting busted out there doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Yep. No, Greg or Luke, uh, if you would, drop down in the comments on the Facebook page. Tell us what you guys are proposing because I know that they've actually talked to some uh, legislatures and, you know, tried to get something going, drop down in the comments on the video, let us know what you want. And, and, you know, then if there's any other listeners that are for this, want to get some information and, you know, try to get something started, talk to Greg and Luke and yeah, yeah maybe no. you get something brought down there. Yeah. The morning. No, we, we appreciate all the topics. I think yeah, that's great. They're great, great questions. Uh, we like that stuff. Uh, we always have plenty of stuff to talk about, but it's nice to hear what people want to hear us talk about that are 
you know, faithful listeners yep. to this old podcast of ours. Yep. No, I. We at that. Well, we got well, this week, and we got sportsman show sportsman coming up here show. in Sioux Falls. Uh, yep. Kind of the annual thing. Is it as good as it once was? No. Isn't it? No. I don't think. Not. I think I've only gone like the last two, three years, and it used to. It, growing up, it used to be a lot bigger. Okay. I don't know if it was just because I was smaller. That, it seemed that, like a big grand thing. And you'd run around and get all the free pamphlets that you <laughs> didn't even know what they were. You'd walk out of there with a whole bag of stuff and mom and dad would be like, what are you going to do with all that? You, you know, you bring it home and you look at it for a week or two and then it just ended up getting thrown in the garbage. But, uh, no, it's at the arena. Yep. Yeah, a lot of... Hunting trips, fishing trips. trips. Um, a lot of campers, boats. What else they got there? A lot of like four-wheeler type things. Yep. It's it's always kind of fun to go to, just something to kind of try to get you geared up towards the spring. And Right. Well, and, you know, looking, looking at this weekend with uh, not-so-good weather, if you're going to have to stay inside, you might – if you can make it to Sioux Falls – yeah, you might as well out. go do something like that. Buffalo Wild Wings is right across the road. <laughs> that never sucks. No, no, yeah, you gonna hit it? Uh, maybe on Friday since we got the day off of school. Good call. Maybe, yeah, go see what it's all about this year. It's always fun to see run into some people. There are a couple places that have tackle booths out there and usually yep. have some pretty good show deals there is it reads Reed sporting goods or something that Reed's. always has that one big end, end yep. deal and they they, and they you know they have some, have some good deals they have some good speakers ted takasaki is going to be talking uh, i'm not sure who else is going to be there but that's one that i saw for sure that popped out was yep. him no yeah if you're going to be in the area that's something to hit uh i think you can get discount tickets at like campbell's usually or something can you Campbell's or Lewis or something. What is it? Five, eight bucks to get in normally. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, it's always fun for kids. Bring your kids out there, let them run around, pick up a bunch of pamphlets about different areas. And there's some cool mounts sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Some taxidermist guys there and some little custom tackle, small companies kind of are there and kind of nice to see support them too. Yeah. Other than that, you know, yeah, it's about time, isn't it? About time. The old 13 Wicked Ice combo giveaway. We got the Midwest Angler Podcast decal. I got to grab a couple of these from you because I had a couple. I got of, a couple of them. I got a couple of requests for them. Did people, you? Good. People were like, oh, yeah, we like watching. Jan Meester and Randy Meester were messaged me on Facebook. Cool. Jan did and said, we need a couple of those. We really like listening to you guys' podcast. They really like listening to them about the Hooked on Hard Water oh events, yeah so. no that was cool that was definitely cool yeah and if like like we said before if you want if you want to take a bunch of them and go down to sunshine foods and throw them on a bunch of random vehicles we're not going to tell you to do it but we're not going to get mad at you neither so Heck no so all right well i i went on the internet and found this deal to randomly select people i don't know if this is going to work or not i'm not sure because i talked about vanna white last week and you went out and got the wheel of fortune i mean this is this is a big time deal is there a bankrupt thing on there yeah so if it lands on bankrupt then we they have to buy it (laughs) from us then we get to choose one person to buy it from us so we're gonna start this off 
Here we go. Oh, it's even got sound effects. Yeah, it's got sound. Dun, 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 dun. Is that it? I think they know before us. Is there any like explosions? Oh, still going. Still, still going. going. Are you sure? Still there's spinning. A, just, they're still spinning. Kind of like the rims you used to have on your truck. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep spinning. Oh, there's a winner. We have a winner. We got it. We've got a winner. Jordan Rhodes Jordan is our Rhodes. winner. Rhodes, you are the winner of the 13 Wicked Ice Fishing Combo with the Cold Snap Toothpick and a Midwest Angler Podcast decal. Jordan, I do not know where you're from. Um, we will try to get a hold of you somehow through Facebook, whatever else. Um, I don't think you're from the local area, but... Uh, if we need to send it to you, whatever, we can get that done. Yeah, we can get it sent out to you. I'm trying to look for what picture he shared. I think he had a picture of like him and his boy holding a bass on the back of a boat, if I'm thinking of the right one. Jordan Rhodes, where you at? Jordan. I didn't throw in a fake name, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you're not <laughs> Scott Sturman, a.k.a. Jordan Rhodes, actually, Jordan is Rhodes. Scott Sturman. Oh, yep. Right there. Holding yep. the bass. I don't know if you guys can see it or not. That's an awesome picture. I'm glad it was one that had yeah holding the bass with the kid in there. Yep. So, Mr. Jordan Rhodes, you have won yourself a pretty cool little prize package here. Yep. So, we will... Try to get a hold of you, send you a message, whatever. Get that sent off to you, and yeah, that'll be that. Ooh, but here it says he's from Nebraska. Ne oh no, we're oh. gonna respin. Oh no, we might have to paint the handle golden black. Is he a Husker fan? I don't know. It doesn't say on there, but there's some Hawkeye fans in Nebraska. Yeah, he says he lives in Lincoln, so oh geez. I guess we'll see. Boy, do we got a mess on our hands. <laughs> well, congratulations. Jordan, hopefully you enjoy this little prize package that's going to be sent your way. Yeah. So, unless you got something else, I think that's the way we'll conclude the show. and Keep getting out there and think warm thoughts so we can have a little bit warmer weather. Yep. Yeah, hit the subscribe button on YouTube or iTunes or wherever you do. SoundCloud. Yep, yep. Wherever you listen or watch the podcast, uh, hit the subscribe button. That always helps. Otherwise, I think that's where we'll leave you and see you again next week. Sounds the week good. of the Bassmaster Classic. The week of the Bassmaster Classic. We got we got something big coming. Big. So, so all righty. See ya.